Oh, I have just had my first conversation with Andy Mort for this podcast because I have actually been a guest on his podcast, which was a lovely conversation that you so should check out. But make sure you stay on here too. We we speak about the songs that Andy wrote last week. Um, he hasn't written a song in since 2018, but 13 of them came through last week. So we go deep into that process. And then we speak about Diana Chapman being a guest on Tim Ferry's podcast, which if you haven't listened to that episode, do. Um, there's a lot there. And there's a lot here, too. So, stay tuned for my first conversation with Andy. Luckily, we have four more. It's like sort of steering a spaceship, isn't it, at times, trying to... <laughs> it is, especially when, you know, I've already been in one Zoom meeting with a client and then I promised him I'd get him stuff before 10 o'clock and I still haven't had breakfast, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just, and then I was like, oh, I need to put my hair up. And, well, here I am. Precisely. Mm. Free. Free. Yeah. Oh, good to see you. It is so good to see you too, Andy. I am so looking forward to this second season of, um, of, of these meandering conversations. Mm. Um, I'm so excited to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how this season kind of just came together in a in a somewhat different way than the, than the first. Um, so this season, this season is a greater mix of people that I know versus am fairly new to, mm -hmm. um, which will be interesting, you know, ready. I found on Twitter on a Thursday, you know, around noon yeah. and Friday at 11 AM, we were recording the first conversation. <laughs> it was just, well, you know, sometimes it just flows. It's amazing, isn't it? Did those conversations feel any different to previous ones? We went right in there. Mm. Um, so it was just, you know, it's fun. So how have you been? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been well, I've, I'm coming out of a ridiculously unexpected creative week or so. Um, I was staying with, um, some, like a, some 
really close friends of mine for, for two weeks, just sort of wanted to go and hang out with them and embed in their family life for a little bit and, uh, yeah, see how that feels just coming out of, um, the kind of lockdown situations and just really wanting some connection. And then, um, yeah, I found myself writing songs. Um, so it's, I am a songwriter, but I haven't written a song other than a song about putting your pants on, um, to, that I wrote for a kid who, uh, was refusing to put pants on in the morning. So I thought I'd help out. Um, but other than that, I haven't written a song since 2018 oh, and, wow. um, and I hadn't intended to, to do any writing last week either, but like the, my, my friends have a kind of, I guess like a creative playroom type thing that, that the whole family uses. And so they've got like a, a few instruments set up in there as a piano and a bunch of guitars and little ukuleles and things. And I just, in between, I'd been coaching and like I was sort of in between sessions. So I thought I'll just go and have a little noodle around on the piano for a bit and found myself coming out with like idea after idea. And I was like, oh, right. This is happening, is it? Because <laughs> I have experienced that in the past. You're like, okay, that's what that's what my uh, whatever it is wants to do, and so ended up doing that through over the course of about five days, and have thirteen new songs as a result of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of working out now what is this next little season going to be musically. Um, not intending on releasing an album, but I've got one, so. Uh, we will see. So that's, yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my mental and creative energy this week. Well, so. Can you imagine that? It seems like this is an album that wants to be put out there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just so interesting to, and I think there was something because, you know, being, I guess, stuck like location wise through the pandemic and everything. There's been, and then I'm, I'm kind of exploring, okay, what, cause my intention has always been to do, do a bit more, bit of traveling. Um, I mean, it was before the pandemic and so that put a halt on that. And, and then I was kind of feeling a little bit anxious, uh, sort of earlier this year thinking, oh, well, what's that going to look like? How can I do it? And so I knew I'm just going to have to make a step and mm. just reach out to my friends and, and say, like, I'm coming to stay. <laughs> and, um, and I think something about making that step, like just opened the gates of some kind of inner creative energy, something or other, and just allowed everything to just come flying out and yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a really lovely experience. So when you, when you say that you now have 13 songs, is that like. You have lyrics for them. You have, you know, intro, outro, verse, refrain, refrains, um, you know, the little in between that, you know, is it like they're, they're there? They're kind of, um, they're all, there's, they've all got structure and they've all got lyrics. Um, that will, I mean, things will change. So like I, I've been kind of reflecting on, okay, what's my what are the patterns that I notice in my, in my songwriting process over the years? Cause I always think 
when people ask me like, so how did, like, what's your process? How do you write songs? Or I've no idea. It just sort of happens and it happens differently each time, but there's definite, I think seasons or, or phases that go on and that initial, like take the editing glasses off and just, you just let everything flow out. That is what has happened. I've got the basic form, the basic structure of these songs. And then now it's kind of just, I have to sort of step back and just allow them to, to germinate a little bit and to, to marinate in a way. And I'll sort of gently probe what they want to become arrangement wise. Um, so they've all got basic structure, verse, chorus, you know, in between bits, all of that stuff. Um, but if like if history ha- it has anything to show in terms of my my previous ways of operating then they will change um and i don't i'm not rushing it and i'm not going to force i was i was reflecting on it this morning in my journal and seeing it as it's like they've been born and they have their essence and it's like even if even when you know even when a song completely changes, you might change the lyrics, you might change the melody, you might change structure, chords, everything might change, but there's still an essence that, you know, it's the same song, you know, it's not the other, this other song. Um, and I was thinking it's, it's a bit like a, a child, like it's, it's like having a, a baby that their essence is there. You know, that, that is who they are, but it hasn't yet fully formed and you can't force it to to walk or to talk you just got to be there to to nurture that that initial growth and then it will it will find its legs or whatever <laughs> later on so that's yeah that's the phase i'm in i think it's so fascinating because it's like i've never had a song come through me like that you know mm. why do they pick andy uh, <laughs> You know, because it seems like there's, there's people who, who has songs come through that I have a lot of other things come through me, you know, but, mm. but I've never had a song come through me like that. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, what have you had to, what have come through you? What have you experienced like that? Well, I've, I have writing come through me in that way. Um, most definitely. And I can have, I can have, like, I'm looking at a, a, at a mandala that I made that had that same, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking it out. I'm letting it out. I'm opening, you know, the, the gates and it kind of comes yeah um and some of my writing feels like that where i sit down and it's just the it's like you're kind of struggling to keep up with the fingers because it just it's just there Mm -hmm. yeah, I was likening what I was having to do last week is it's almost like putting down buckets all around the house and trying to catch all of these things that are just like pouring out because it is, it's such a weird thing to, 
to think about in that respect of like something coming through you, because it sounds, I think to anyone who doesn't know what that feels like, it's kind of like, that's ridiculous. Like what you're talking about. Um, and the idea of, cause I think, you know, yes, I write the songs, but I'm not really writing them. They're just, I'm, they're using me as like a conduit to be written. Um, but of course it's not. Of course you're right. You're in the process. Like it is, you, you have to be there. Um, I mean, people do talk about that, that idea of like, you know, ideas in the ether and if they, and they'll try and knock on the door of one person and if they get refused, they'll move on to someone else. Pass on. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. Um, but then it won't be the same. It's not, it's not like it will be the same song in through somebody else as the conduit. It will be there. Yeah their voice like whatever yeah. that looks like for them so yeah it's i don't know it's just such a mysterious beautiful thing i love it so when you i'm just curious you know so now you know you will be 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 helping these songs kind of turn into the shape that they want to be mm -hmm. right so are you then the person singing, playing the piano, doing the drums and the guitar and stuff? Or do you like, are you like, okay, guys or girls, because you have like a band that you say, okay, I need you on guitar and you on drums. Or is it like, is it an electro, you know, what, what happens next? That's the question. Yeah. That's the I have, question. yeah, all of those things are possibilities. So okay. yeah, I've kind of worked in different ways, um, over the years. So there's a couple of albums where I did absolutely everything on them. And then I've got, yeah, two, two, well, an album and a, a kind of collection of EPs that became an album where I played with one of my best friends, Ben is a really great guitarist and bass player and he, he adds a real creative element to it, um, through that. So, and, and, um, another guy, Luke would play the drums, but I like drums are my first instrument as well. So it's, that's, oh, it's kind of, a drummer. yeah. So that's where I, like, I think what will happen with this lot, I'm, I feel like the way to go is to get behind a drum kit and build some rhythms and just play around with, with the feel of songs from that perspective, um, and give them, yeah, I think that's where they're going to find their, their next level of form. Um, cause I, I mean, I never play now. So even if it's just a chance to go and have some fun on a drum kit, like <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do and then see what it needs from there. I think from again, looking at historical things like moments where I've had similar song, like sing, similar songwriting processes. I, I would send the songs to, to Ben to just add some interesting, uh, guitar-y bass parts. Cause I, I think these will benefit from that. Um, yeah. but again, who knows, <laughs> who yeah. knows what it's going to be. Yeah. So why don't you play anymore? I mean, you said I don't play. But well, I, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a drum kit anymore, so that makes it slightly harder. And then Why it was. Why don't you have a drum kit? I sold Just it because you I, didn't play. Well, it was, 
or he more space to... reasons. It was space reasons, and I I kind of needed the money years ago to mm. fund a tour. <laughs> Fortunately, I wasn't playing drums on the tour, so that would have been a bit counterintuitive. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, and it's, and it was also because I used to drum in in bands, and there was always this like itch to get out the front and actually sing. I mean, every so often I'd sing from behind the drums, but it's quite difficult. And yeah, I I wanted to express myself through piano and guitar and singing and and the writing part. So yeah, it's one of those big contradictory things like, I really want this, but I also want this. And I'm not sure how they can, whether they can fit together. Um, so yeah. Cool. Did we speak when we, when, when we did our conversation for your podcast, did we speak about Anderson Pack? No. I don't think so. I spoke about that with Frank, I know, in one episode because he's also a drummer. I don't, I haven't had a lot of interaction with Anderson Pack, but there's a tiny desk concert with him and his, his crew. Oh, uh, cool. And he's a drummer. Mm -hmm. And the first song on that Tiny Desk concert blows my mind every freaking time I watch it because there's some cool rhythms going on. Mm -hmm. And then he's singing is in absolutely other rhythms, you know, it's like count, you know, it's like off and, and I'm just, I cannot, I cannot fathom how you can do that. Same madness. <laughs> yeah. It seems yeah. like, it's, it's like, you have to be like schizophrenic. It's like your voice does this one thing and your body is just, mm. just blows my mind. Yeah. I guess the as a drummer that you've got the benefit of already having to isolate limbs to play different things. Cause and... <laughs> yeah, cause I can imagine you kind of have four, four selves, right? You have the right hand and the left hand and the right foot and yeah. the left foot, right? Yeah. So maybe it's just adding on a fifth limb, which is your voice yeah, then. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, cause I used to teach drums as well and. <laughs> I had one, one experience with someone that I, they, they were literally unteachable because they couldn't, they couldn't isolate their limbs at all. Um, so I was teaching like the most basic sort of, um, rhythm at the start. And so it's like, you know, four with your right hand on the, on the hi-hat and then, um, like three the on the snare. And the three. Yeah. Um, and, and he'd get the hi-hat going and it's like, okay, add the, add the snare on the three. And the hi-hat would stop and the snare would start and then it'd be like, yeah, now add the hi-hat. And he was like, oh yeah, I thought I was, he hadn't realized he'd stopped playing. And it was, it was this really interesting, we went for about an hour just trying to, trying different techniques to try and get these hands playing at the same time, different things. And it's just, you could play the same thing with both hands, but there was no way to. Or, or, or one. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, and I think it was one of those, ah, I think I've taken for granted <laughs> the ability to, to do that. It's like the rubbing your tummy and patting your head thing. Yeah. 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 I should have gotten doing that. 
Yeah. Maybe. Or he would have been patty <laughs> yeah. or rubbing. Double patting or double rubbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that thing about the unteachable or, you know, uncoachable or where sometimes, you know, sometimes my feeling is that it is the willingness is not there. Mm. Like the ability is there, but the willingness is not there. And now and again, like what you say here, it seems like the willingness was there, but the ability just, you know, maybe it could have gotten there in, in another hundred hours, but the amount of yeah. frustration going into that would be about maybe you're better off doing something where you do the same thing with both hands. Like, yeah, um, yeah that's really interesting. That's such a good distinction because the will and willingness was definitely there. He was desperate to, to do it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there are ways to eventually train your brain to, to do it. Um, but not in an hour long lesson. No. Um, but then, yeah, that, that other, the opposite of that, where the ability is there, but there's a, there's a blocker to the willingness or the. I guess it's the, when the ego kicks in and yeah. a lack of yeah. willingness to learn or to explore things that might mean make you a little bit vulnerable or feel like, well, I don't actually know that. Yeah, um, precisely. And I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you could come up against beliefs, my beliefs about myself that just kind of, like you say, there's, they form a block or they lock the door. You know, it's like, no, you're not going through this door because I'm not budging. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting when you find those doors and it's like the resistance to it is telling me that that's an important door to, <laughs> to go through that there will be a breakthrough just the other side of that door somehow. Yeah. What do you do when you have kind of clients or people that you, uh, work with who have that kind of resistance well that's a good question i think the answer is the boring one it depends yeah <laughs> um but if i if it's a potential coach client chances are i won't take them on mm -hmm. You know, if it's just, you know, you try this and no, you try this and no, you try this and no, it's like, okay, you know, sure, we could try another 30 things, but why and what for? And it's like, it, it, it's, it probably has me thinking there's no chemistry, but maybe that's really not it. Maybe it is that thing. And it's like, mm. You know, is this a good use of my time and energy? Yeah. Uh, where, you know, in the best of worlds, there's somebody out, else out there. There's a coach or a project manager or a boss or whatever it is that that will slip in under, beneath, behind, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, pick the lock of the ha locked belief system. Yeah. 
in in an easier way um if it's people that i work with where it's not a coaching relationship again it depends on who it is we had a in a project that i'm working at for the past two years you know we've had lots of different suppliers involved and there was one project manager from one of the main machine suppliers that and mm. then you kind of breathe you know and and again you you know step into What's my professional role here? What's my professional needs? And and kind of oh, mm. biting my finger, biting my tongue, sitting on my hands, not to start to wave a rave and just, oh, you know, but trying to kind of convey so that whatever needs to be done gets done, even if. Yeah. Um, but that can be. That can be hard. I probably had the hardest time coping mm. with that, where the, and it kind of, it's, it's harder if it's the willingness that's lacking. Mm -hmm. If it's the ability, it's like, okay, then you can take steps to replace them or, you know, because right. it's like, okay, there's a competency gap, right? But if it's like the willingness thing. Uh, yeah yeah absolutely uh, how <laughs> that can just irk me yeah oh, so there's different different layers of that lack of willingness as well isn't there i'm just thinking you know of there are there are sometimes that shows up as a an apparent willingness like in a conversation or in a coaching session where it's like okay there's a lot of there's a lot of willingness going on here they're they're really they want this, they've got their vision. This is what they want to do. Show up to the next session. It's like, uh, how have you been getting on? Like what, what's been going well and whatnot? I haven't done anything. And then that can be a cycle that just repeats and repeats. And the, the motivation, the enthusiasm is there in the session and then nothing gets done in between. And it's not because they don't have simple enough steps and things. It's just, it's almost like, I don't know, is, is there an enjoyment of the prospect of doing something and then actually carrying it out isn't important. I don't know. And, and then there's the, the unwilling kind of character within a session or within a conversation where it's like just basically putting a blocker up about any potential suggestion, any potential action that they might take or whatever. Um, and so nothing is that well, it's all, no, that won't work. I've tried that before. I've tried everything that doesn't work. Um, and it's so difficult then to, yeah, to, to kind of find the things that actually they, they would commit to doing or, yeah. And I, when my first marriage fell apart quite dramatically and, um, you know, newborn kid and, and just a mess and we we went to uh, like family therapy first to to start to, not to 
like get together again, but just to see how we can work around this kid that we were parenting, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of fell through also. And then we had to, you know, he wanted to start to meet with, with, uh, our kid again. And so we got the help of something that in Swedish is called familierättsbyrån. So it's like the legal. The other one was the therapeutic way of doing it. And this is kind of the legal way. So you get somebody mm -hmm. who's like, okay, how can we help you set up like, you know, um, visitations and, you know, just that type of thing. And going from the one to the other, I'd kind of realized that. My ability and my willingness was great. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very, you know, I have, I can generate a lot of ideas and I'm very flexible. So if you have this thing, this problem, you know, I'll easily come up with five different ways of, of how to address this, how to come yeah. at it, you know. And I'd realized it didn't matter what I said because it was the problem that I said it. Yeah. So I could say something that he had been thinking, but because I said it, he couldn't, right? So I just shut down because I realized I, I cannot, it has to come from him, purely from him, you know, which had the, the legal person, the, the family counselor person, so frustrated. And now I'm seeing this, of course, because she must have felt that I was absolutely not willing at all. Which in a sense, yes, she's right. I wasn't mm. willing to, you know, how can we solve this? You know, I wasn't willing to do that because I knew that would shut him down. Yeah. Man, that's a proper sort of impasse situation, isn't it? They, yeah. You can't, anything you say, even if he's thinking it, then gets shut down because you've said it. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, Imagine we get into that sort of, those sorts of patterns without being aware of it a lot. And yeah, just wonder how that, how that sort of translates within, within professional coaching relationships, whether it's a projection onto the situation of, of being coached, like maybe running it through the, through a, a previous experience with somebody else who maybe has come up with ideas or, or yeah, put blockers on things in the past. And then those patterns repeat themselves. And any time that changes on the horizon, there's a shutdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to ponder. And I was in a conversation not too long ago with somebody who said, um, it's all in how you say it. If he shuts down, it's how you said it. In a way, you know, I, I brought up this example saying that I could come at things, you know, even before we were divorced, you know, it's like, I could be sweet and say it. I could be firm and say it. I could be angry and say it. I could be jolling and say it. I could be funny and say it. I could be sad and crying and say, it. you know. I tried everything possible 
and it did not matter, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after the divorce, after this thing that I finally kind of grasped, it's because of me. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm sending. It's not how I'm sending. It's that I'm sending. It's that you, yeah. It's that I said. Mm. Um, and the frustration in that is, can be quite substantial, I have to say. Yeah. Because it, 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 you know, it, it, what can I then do? Because mm -hmm. I am me. Yeah. Yeah, properly hands tied behind your back. Hands tied behind your backs and mouth gagged and your blindfold and like, okay. Yeah. Just, you know, I can't even breathe because mm -hmm. it's coming from me. All in the midst of a highly emotionally charged situation as it is as well. And like, yeah, trying to work through real issues and... Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, I've been, I have been in situations where I've worked with people and I can feel that, okay, this just does not work. And then, you know, then you sort it out. Then you, either me or the other person has to leave, has to shift, has to, you know, and, and the easiest way in such a situation is, okay, this isn't working, you know, we'll find something else for you to do. Mm -hmm. Or when I was doing, I worked for a project where we were building a facility in India and there's a worldview shift or a worldview difference between Europeans and Indians, if you, you know, and then not to mention sweets or dates, and, you know, it's like, it's different, mm -hmm. but, but it, it's very, that was very apparent. We're coming at the world differently, yeah. which kind of had this very consultancy rich project go through some kind of natural cleansing. The people who just couldn't you know, their worldview in the Indian, it just it clash. Mm -hmm. They automatically, they said, you know, I'm out. I won't be here. I thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. So we didn't really have to act upon that. It was kind of self-cleansing, um, which I think was a good thing because mm. then it, you know, there was no contention there. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. nobody who felt like, oh, but I should, you know, it's like, no, thank you. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. We'll find somebody else who can do your things. That's and, really interesting. And actually enjoy working with it. Enjoy the challenge that was in that project because yeah. it sure had some challenges. Um, and I, so I learned patience. If mm -hmm. there's anything that that project taught me, it is to be patient. <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I'm kind of seeing, seeing the pattern of, so like within the kind of marriaging, marriage therapy or the, the family therapy situation and within a project like that. And I guess any 
any kind of relationship where there's a, where there's a partnership or a, a relationship that, that needs to be formed. The issues always come from seeing everything from a personal perspective or, or like the clashes of two particulars, like trying to fight for their own side or trying to, yeah, coming from a place of ego, I suppose. And like, it's really important to have that bridge, that third part that you're both feeding into that's separate and disconnected from any ego or personal, um, yeah, investment or whatever. Um, and so it's knowing, okay, what is the purpose of this? What are we both here to build? What are we both here to reinforce? Um, and I, I think of that in any relation, like, a, 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 like intimate relationships, partnerships, whatever it's, it's having that, the partnership as a separate entity that then means when you're annoyed with the other person or like really irritated and that you're irritating them and everything can descend into a, a bit of a personal mud throwing thing. It's just having that partnership bit that is like, this is why it's worth it, that this is what we're building here. It's not a, it's not always going to be easy between us, but it's worth it because of this. Um, and equally that, that is the thing that you can gauge. Okay. It's not worth it. Cause we're not, this is no longer anything kind of positive or, uh, or whatever, it, whatever values you, you sort of decide to put, put into on. that together. Mm. And it's having that between like almost having those conversations, working out, okay, what is this thing we're building together? Um, you know, in a project, what is the, the thing that even though we might have cultural differences, we might see the world differently. What is this bridge that is so important for us to build across those cultural differences? And, um, and just coming back to that, you know, during those antagonistic times or when there's conflict, it's like, okay, this is the, this is the thing at the heart of this. Um, how, how are we serving that? How are we maybe not serving that? And, and yeah, just taking the individual part out of it can be quite helpful I think sometimes um quite tricky at times mm -hmm. uh, yeah because I yeah. can sure be kind of married to my my take my view yeah. my feelings my ideas my wishes my hopes my dream you know it's like um so it can take quite a lot to do that. And yet it's like in any relationship, you know, if you're kind of, if you're just kind of, if you're in that, like there's a, a habit or a routine, this is how we do. When we get annoyed at each other, this is how we do. Mm -hmm. You know, it always, it's like the, the forms of a song or the structure of a song. It's like, okay, that's how we argue. We have this thing and then this, and then there's this little bridge and then, you know, and then maybe at the end, happy ending, right? Yeah. It's like, if you're lucky, um, or it's just the fade out, you know, it's like, if I then, or you, manages to not do that bridge thing or put the bridge earlier or maybe try another bridge. You know, if you do something 
that is out of the ordinary, you kind of, you shake the structure. It, it no mm -hmm. longer can just continue because, you know, it's A goes to B goes to C goes to D. If you throw in a Q or you re take away the C. Yeah. You know, that can be enough to kind of shake it up and, mm -hmm. and just, okay. Because then the other person can't respond the way he always does when I always do this thing. It's like, no, if I don't. Eek. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's, a, it's that sort of nurturing that thing and allowing it to, to change through. It's, I guess it's when you get to like crisis time. It's probably, um, that's the bridge is too rickety. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's all, or it's fallen apart. Um, and it's very, very difficult to, um, yeah, kind of find that common ground at that point. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's that proactive, it's, it's those proactive habits of, you know, just checking in, okay, are we still on the same page? And, and if that. And, and not to, I guess, not getting caught in ruts as well. Like, you know, where you say like, this is how we always do things. This is, this is what an argument looks like is it's got the structure, you know, so I'll get annoyed. Then you'll try and, you know, appease me or whatever. Like then, you know, we go our separate ways and then we come back together. Like, it, like you see that those patterns in relationships all the time. It's like, okay, they're in that phase. Then this will happen. Then this will happen. Yeah. And then they will get back together, but, and pretend that everything's okay, but they haven't actually sorted out any of the core underlying infrastructure of that bridge. Like it's still yeah. very wobbly. Um, and so it's, yeah, that just, yeah. Connecting over that. What, what is this? What is the bridge? Um, is it worth, is it worth our investment? What's, what's keeping us on that bridge? Because often it's. It's not, or sometimes it can, can be something that isn't actually worthwhile. It's maybe fear of losing it or something that is, yeah, not serving you or serving the other person. The other. Yeah. And have you listened to the episode from Tim Ferry's podcast with Diana Chapman? I've not, no. So... In the past weeks, I think it's been out since, I don't know, early October or something. Mm -hmm. It popped up everywhere. I saw it in good pods and, you know, in my creative community and, you know, it's like, it just, it kept popping up. People were saying, oh, it's great. Listen to it, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, my, uh, I have a coach client who said, Oh, have you listened to this episode? Because there's a there's a thing that she does that I would love to try on our next coaching call. So I'm like, okay, universe, <laughs> I'm getting the message. I'm going to listen to this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So I listened to it, and I've listened to it two or three times. But it's just, it's an amazing episode. It's an amazing episode. I so enjoy listening to her speak because she feels very her not 
this is how I'm supposed to be, but rather, you know, peeled mm. off with kind of here I am. And there's plenty of things in it. But what made me think of it here is she speaks about she's been married for like 30 something years to her husband. And at one time, they were very close to divorcing because, as she puts it, he wasn't the man I wanted to be married to. He wasn't the man that I wanted in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, what do you do then? Well, you go through therapy and, you know, and it's okay. It will lead to divorce because that's kind of the way it goes because I'm no longer the man you want me to be, right? But they had a friend who spoke to her who said, you know, I love you both. If you need to divorce, then you need to divorce. That's fine, right? But I hear you saying that he's no longer the man that you want to be with. You want to be with another man, another type of man. And she goes, yeah, yeah. And she says, but the question is this. Who do you need to be? For who do you need to be to have him be that type of man? Who do you need to be to invite that type of man into your relationship? And she just went, oh, shit. Right? Mm. So they, that was like she was constantly running that script. Who do I need to be for him to be able to be the man that I want him to be? Mm. Right. So they went into this, uh, like total makeover of their marriage or reset saying, I don't, you know, and, and going, like you said, very, very openly into it, that this might end up with us divorcing, co-parenting, you know, maybe not living together, but being together or, you know going our separate ways and just co-parenting, you know, wh whatever it is, but we can't stay where we are. Yeah. The bridge, the infrastructure is not working. Something needs to shift. And six months later, she told her husband saying, you have really changed. And he looks at her and goes, no, you've changed. Mm. And of course he had changed too, right? But yeah. But it's, it is the same thing. It is yeah. like, okay, if we're always doing this dance, if I introduce new moves, the dance will shift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such an interesting story. Yeah. And they've yeah, done that another three times. So four times in their marriage, they've done this. Okay. It's reset time. I was going to say that's, it's, it's like, oh. yeah, kind of. It's a breakup with something within the relationship. It's not a breakup of the relationship. It's a breakup with those, those ruts and those things that you're holding on to, which actually you need to let go because it's, it's like, well, we're both, we're both growing and changing or we've grown unchanged, but our relationship hasn't moved with that. And we need to sort of, yeah, restructure that bridge, break up with that old, start this new in order to give that margin and a space for, for whatever comes next. And yeah, that's such a good example. Mm. Yeah. And, and Esther Perel speaks about 
you know, everybody has three marriages, but you could have that marriage within the same marriage. Yeah. Which is saying the same thing, but saying it in a more abstract way where mm -hmm. you go, okay, well, you know, before kids, with kids, after kids, three marriages, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you actually do this. Okay, let's gently, you know, unpack this bridge. Let's take it apart yeah. and, and put, okay, here's bricks and here's beams and here's nails and here's whatever you need, you know, big cement blocks or, you know, it's like, okay, and then go. What, how do we, you know, do we mm. need it to be a bigger, wider, longer, thinner? What's, what's, what does it need to look like now? What do we want it to look like now? Yeah. Going forward, you yeah. know, here's all of this building material, you know, go mm. for it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. It just makes me go, oh, <laughs> I, mean, I yes, want to try that. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a great example of like, yeah, the creativity of everyday life, the creativity that can be a part of our relationships and yeah, in all sorts of forms. And so often those, it will be that kind of the one-sided thing of like, I need, I need them to change because I'm changing or I've changed. I I've grown out of this or whatever without having that, that sense of connecting to the fact that, yeah, maybe both of you are, are longing for this or both of you are feeling that maybe some sort of resentment or some sense of being pulled back or held back and um and it's easy to see it through your own eyes of like they're holding me back and it's like no actually maybe it's maybe it's the fact that this bridge is not no longer serving what you both where you're both at and that's the thing that you can look at together yeah, it might be that it. yes you are you are going to go separate ways but there's a, a strong possibility that that thing that brought you together in the first place it's just shifting and there's a, there's a renewal that can go on. Yeah. It's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. I'm just reminded of, I have a coach client that I've had since for a year now. And the initial, the initial set of five sessions were okay this is what's needed right the second set of five sessions same thing that was still what was needed now we're coming into the third set of of five sessions where my client told me that I needed, I needed that. And you gave me that. Now I've shifted. Now I'm here. Now I need something else from you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, oh, let's play, right? Let's yeah. do this thing. Cause it's fun. Cause what she needs is still within my bandwidth to provide. Yeah. I can do that frequency too. I, you know, it's not, then you need to go to somebody else, which it might have been, and it might be. Mm -hmm. No, which I think is quite, um, you know, there's no, oh, that I'm failing. There's no sense of that. Yeah. Rather just, okay, you know, can we be of service or not? 
Yep. Um, so now we're in this, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a big shift. It's a big shift in what does she need from me now? Mm -hmm. Um, so who do I then have to be? Yeah. What's the question I ask? How do I ask them? How do I follow up with her in a way so that she is given the space to become that thing that she says, okay, this is the thing. I have this in me. I more of that, please help me make space for that. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, sure. You know, then I have to hold her differently. Mm. Um, I love that. That's, and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, the, especially in coaching, it's, it's like that change is a part of that process. Um, so it's something to celebrate when, okay, this is shifting. Like, and I guess that the coaching partnership is that, is the bridge almost between the two of you that, okay, let's redefine this. Let's redefine how we show up in this and, and what we're putting into it and, and what you need me to be. And, and to give that the, the foundations for the, the next phase. Um, if you're sticking with me, great. Like, um, and I guess, yeah, I, it's just parallels with all sorts of, uh, yeah, interactions and, and relationships. And that's, you know, the point in a, in an intimate relationship where it's like, you, you're not going to, you don't want each other to be the same as a result of being with each other for indefinitely. It's like, actually you're mixing together is going to lead to change. Hopefully it's going to lead to that person feeling better about themselves and feeling the growth and, you know, the growth will hopefully be in you as well and in that relationship. And so things are going to change. And so it's how you're, um, allowing that to happen, how you're making sure that the conditions are there for it to happen. And then to know what that looks like or, or how you're going to respond when it when you have those, those moments of like, okay, something has shifted. What do we need to, do we need to alter anything here and, and keep up with that? Yeah. So have you had that in your coaching relationships with clients where yeah. there's been this definite, yeah. like shifting of a you know it's like it's like in the theater okay backdrop shifts okay now we're in the kitchen <laughs> we were Exa in the yes. forest before now yeah. we're in the kitchen right yeah yeah i've had it several times and it, like it's always it always fascinates me just to observe my own reaction to it because there's a certain degree of like oh that got a that got sort of like easy like it was <laughs> there was it was not that challenging for me and then it's but then the excitement of, okay, we've got a new challenge within this and wow, like going back to the beginning and, and thinking, okay, where was this person when we started? What were they talking about? What was on their heart? What were the challenges they were facing? What were the, what was that vision that they had? It's like, well, they've grown so much and you, you don't often notice it. It's like a, it's almost a, a drift or a, a gradual adaptation to how things are as you're going along. And it's when you take that time to just pop that pin in and then go back to the beginning and like, whoa, like things have gone so far. And then it would be, okay, like a reflect, like a, I'll often have a session where it's reflect on that part of the journey and then think, where do you need to go next? Where do you want to go next? 
what's that going to take? Who do you need me to be, um, in that process? It might be a similar role to before, uh, or it might be a, a little shift in, in terms of, you know, am I going to be bringing more kind of exercises to the sessions or, Precisely. yeah, is it conversations? I, I, I love it at the moment. Like there's, I've got a couple of, a couple of clients with whom I just, um, play and create. So we'll sit and paint during a session. Um, and that will be like the backdrop for really good conversations that then can unlodge, unlodge things and, and that kind of thing. But what they realized they needed most was, was time to play. And that's all mixed in with that, you know, and that will be for a period, you know, whatever the next stage is when that time comes, we'll kind of look at that. But yeah, I love, I love how it's, it's different with everybody as well. And that's sort of evolving, changing thing. It's kind of like having kids. Oh, Facebook popped up, uh, you know, this happened seven years ago or something. And I'm looking at a picture of my son, who's my youngest, who just turned 17 three mm. days ago. It's like seven years ago, he was 10. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big shift there, mm. you know. He looks very much differently than that cute little kid. Um, yeah. So it is, it is fun with those. Like, like you say, revisits or, or looking back at and, and just. Kind of comparing within me, you know. Mm. Where am I now? Where was I there? Um, what's the difference? Which I yeah. think is one of the reasons why I'm so enjoying rereading some books now this year that I read 30 years ago. Right, yeah. Because it's kind of the same thing, you know. Am I moved in the same way by the same thing? Mm -hmm. Is there a dip? You know, do I understand it on a different level, deeper, shallower? You know, it's like, do I feel closer to it or further from it? Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of us. Oh, I love doing that. Yeah, I've done that with a, with a few books recently. And there's been ones where I'm like, ah, how, how did I read this before? Like, I never understood. <laughs> and, you know, when you, you have that sort of deepening understanding of something. And likewise, there's been books where I've, I've read them and remember finding them really profound and deep. And then I'm like, this is vacuous nonsense. Like there's, there's no substance to this at all. No. Um, and yeah, both the signs of, of growth and yeah, just really interesting to, yeah. to, to think of that relationship with the stuff that we take on board, the input in our lives. Yeah. Do you read a lot? I do. Yeah. A fair amount. Kind of, uh, haven't been reading anything in depth recently, but I do like to have at least one or two books on the go at any one time. Yeah. What do you read? Do you read everything or is it like, no, I prefer. I kind of read, yeah, a lot of, I mean, I've been reading quite a lot of like philosophy recently in particular um 
yeah, someone called Todd McGowan, who's, who's not that helpful for, uh, growing a business because it's, it's all a critique of like capitalism and, and that kind of stuff. So really fascinating. Um, so yeah, looking at kind of psychoanalysis and, uh, like Hegel as a philosopher and, um, yeah, one of, one, it, one of the books has a profound impact is capitalism and desire. So kind of looking at where desire is generated in us and, um, and the kind of, yeah, the crossovers between the po political world and our, our inner world and, uh, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Um, and but that I have to is ration interesting that. because it's, yeah, because it's so, I speak a lot with my friend Dominic about that, how so much of my wants, I perceive them to come from within me. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, but look at the commercials, look at the, you know, the billboards or look at the, what everybody else is wearing or having or doing or be, you know, it's like, yeah. where does it come into me? How yeah. does it come into me? Is it actually me wanting this thing or is it, it's in the ether. Mm -hmm. So it's coming through me because, you know, everybody else does this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and one of the, I think one of the big takeaways that I've found in terms of having an application in my own relationship with all of that stuff is just that sense of like, is this promising me a sense of like ultimate wholeness and completeness? Do I think if I have that, then I will be completely happy. I'll be completely fulfilled. I'll be completely satisfied. If it is, then that's a lie because <laughs> nothing precisely, gives you that. Precisely, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's just analyzing that structure, the structural relationship you have with those promises of advertising, of marketing, of, you know, is, is that promising more than it could possibly give you? Is it trying to make you believe that life doesn't have pain and struggle and contradiction in it? Um, because if it's it is. Only. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a. So funny, especially as a, as a business owner, it kind of <laughs> creates all sorts of like, how am I, how am I marketing? Am I doing that? Am I over promising? Um, which is kind of a, a it's a health, healthy way to think of things. And I don't think I am at, in, at risk of that, but yeah, it's just like, am I promising something that can't be delivered in terms of, or, or could people construe it as. I will be you promise this whole and complete mm. once I've, you know, had coaching from Andy or whatever. So mm. I can assure you, you won't be, but yeah. <laughs> you might, you might enjoy That's a things a little bit. More. I can actually <laughs> guarantee you won't be. <laughs> I was, I was talking to my friend Caspian yesterday about, about marketing and about like the tricks that are so rife and that work and it bugs me that they work and it's like ah, you know this thing of sign up now you know before sunday you get this much off and mm -hmm. you know it's one day left you know half a day left two hours left 10 minutes left oh you know it's yeah. like that thing which works yeah but there is something in me that just goes 
it's it feels yucky and sticky and unethical and and it's like no i don't you know it's like so i can uh and then well here i am you know yeah i coach how many people know that i coach because i don't do that thing it's like mm-hmm. well yeah i could I have room for a couple of more coaching clients. It's like, I would like to have a couple of more coaching clients, but what am I doing for it? I'm kind of being, yeah. you know, that kind of works so, so now and again, that's actually how I get coach, coaching clients. But so it's like, so how do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, again, this, this play of, being a business owner, yeah, I need money on the table. Everybody needs that. How much do we need? That's a question that's also worth asking. Yeah. And and how do I go about it? Yeah. Do I want to do it the way you're supposed to do it? Exactly. And it's it's recognizing that the whole the everything is linked together as well. And that, you know, manufactured scarcity, yes, it might work. Yes, you might get a load of people in your program or whatever, but also you're going to get a load of people showing up to your program, having the energy of that scarcity, just bubbling in them like that anxious urgency that then you have to somehow deliver a solution for, which again is going to be very, very difficult if you've, because it's when you see the, the creation of that, of that urgency and that scarcity, like you've got this long, just imagine the life. If you don't do this, what's going to, you know, what, what, how how are you going to be a massive failure if you don't address this pressing issue in your life? Um, and then they show up to your program like, okay, you're going to give me these answers to, to all of these massive existential problems that I have. And it's like, oh, right, I, you know, I'll take your money, but <laughs> I don't, don't have anything different to offer. Um, yeah, I, I really, I kind of recoil at that sort of marketing and have made a point to, if I, if I feel that, cause I, I do feel that the urge towards it, like when, you know, as a consumer, you're like, oh, I've got to, I've got to make a decision now. It's like, if I catch myself in that, in that thought process, I'm like, right, okay, I'm not, I'm going to make a conscious decision. Even if I feel like I want that thing, I'm not going to buy it because that's not the, the energy. Um, that I want to be approaching life with at all. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it's interesting. Cause I have, I have a great example where I've been dancing with this. So I have followed Seth, Seth Godin's blog for 15 years or something. Yeah. Right. One of very, very few things that I actually subscribe to and read, even though I far from read everything, but you know, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So ever since before he started the alt MBA, which is this online course that he does, he was speaking about it and I was going, Hmm, there's something there. Right. And then he, he put it out into the world and I was, you know, I could have jumped on board because I was one of the people who saw that it's like, but no, something in me going, no, it's not, you know, it's like, no, it's not the time. And then yeah. 
more akimbo workshops of various kinds. And I'm going, maybe, but not really. It does, And it hasn't mattered, you know, if it's like sign up now and get a, you know, better price, whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, I haven't. And then February of last year, 2020, an email came in, came in about the creatives workshop, which was then the first public round of that workshop. Right. And something clicked. So I, I clicked and I read about it, went, oh, this sounds great. Really kind of very openly described. So not, it will be this, mm -hmm. here's the agenda. This is what you'll take away, but really like openly described so that it could be kind of anything. And then it was like, press the purple dot and you get a better price. And I pressed the purple dot and it was like, oh, that was a good price. And then it was like, but I'll wait with it. And then the next day I pressed that purple dot again and it had gone up a little bit. So I went, oh no, I'm going to take this one. So I just took it. So the price increase there got yeah. me to act, but I had kind of I was closer to wanting this than any of the previous mm -hmm. workshops. So I probably would have yeah. signed up anyway, because that's the feeling that I had. And it turned out to be, you know, a lifesaver in, in COVID yeah. rolling out into the world. And it's just totally shifted my life. Mm. You know, I've gotten friends that are so dear and close to my heart. That's cool. Um, because of this. And and the spin-offs have been just amazing, mm. right? And then here's another Akimbo workshop. Here's another Akimbo workshop. Here's another. And no, now I'm an Akimbo alumni, so I get a better prize on all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I could do do just that. Yeah. I could just be in these amazing workshops because they are amazing. And he's like, no. I won't. It doesn't matter that here's a really good price or this mm. thing. It's like, no, I won't. I signed up for the story skills workshop that started end of November, 2020. And then I'd had like almost six months of no workshop. Mm. And that was kind of a deliberate, you know, cause I get so immersed in them. I, I go in 100% I'm in. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, I need to close this window for a while. I need to not do that. You know? one on the back of the other. Mm. Um. Yeah, I love that sort of, sort of hearing a, because I feel that, yeah, you know when the time is right when you're getting that, those things coming through into your field of vision. And it's the difference between, for me, an expansive feeling and a contracting feeling. If, if it's a, oh, I need to get that, otherwise it's going to disappear. That's a contracting feeling versus, oh, yeah. No, even though there is the, because I got this with, with the qualification that I did in, in the coaching, my sort of personal performance coaching, like they employed a, f a few of these sort of scarcity tactics. And I signed up despite that because it was like, yeah. no, there's an, there's a real expansive feeling that's coming from within me about this. And it's not, that's not being generated by them. It's generated by the, the potential for, for having this, um, from my own perspective. Um, but if it, yeah, there would, there have been things within that realm 
where they've tried selling stuff and it's like, no, that's make that's shrinking me. That's doing, contracting something inside of me, which is making me feel like if I don't have that, then I'm missing out. Or if I don't have that, I'm somehow less than, or not, not enough or not good enough. And so, yeah, just raising awareness around those, those kinds of feelings inside is, is important for me. Which is, which is, I'm just gonna check to see what a term is that I, oh, oh yeah. I'm reading a book that's called Deeper Dating by somebody named Ken Page or Ken Burns or something. Ken Page. Uh, and he speaks about, see, he speaks about attractions of deprivations versus attractions of inspiration mm, which nice. for me is that same it's, yeah. it's different words to the contracting and the expanding yeah right the the contracting is the deprivation is like oh i'm not good enough how can he think that <laughs> you know i had better you know lose 10 pounds otherwise no one will want you know it's like it's oh it's that yeah. Whereas the attractions of inspiration, oh, here's somebody that I can be me with. Here's I somebody like who enjoys all of the facets that are me, you know, maybe not enjoy all of them, but appreciate all of them and, and want all of them because, you know, and it is, is that opening feeling. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's the same thing. Love it. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it's, it's. I can tie it together with, with, um, Diana Chapman of this Tim Ferriss podcast too, because she speaks about whole body. Yes. And whole body. No. And then she speaks about the subtle. No, which is a no. Right. And it's the same thing. The whole body. Yes. Is this yeah. opening and, and you know, you can listen, you can sense, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. So actually not just going up in my head because I have, I have had, um, a couple of instances quite recently where it's been subtle no's and I haven't heeded them. I haven't listened to them. Um, and it's just reminding me to just kind of tune in, you know, cause my intellect can talk me out of what yeah. my system knows yeah it's like it has been on a pedestal or you know it has been the conductor in my life for such a long time that it kind of goes into this conducting role even when i now say actually i just want you to be one one of the instruments in the orchestra mm -hmm. you know you're not conducting i'm yeah. the one conducting the show thank you very much you sit down you can play first violin sure right <laughs> yeah. um but it's like actually taking this on and, and practicing the sensation of it. Mm -hmm. That's it. So yeah. like you say, actually feeling it, where is my body now? Am yeah. I, you know, am I hunched down or am I, am I yeah. widening up? Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's the, it's tense shoulders and like shallow breathing. And I'll be like, Oh, what's, what's that, that? What's that coming from? And then be able to trace, ah, okay. Maybe that's linked to that. Maybe that is a, yeah, whether it's a whole body, no, or it's just that, that 
small, quiet small. voice of no. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. I'm going to have to uh, shoot because I have a oh. uh, a session at half ten. So. Uh, but oh, thank man, this you. It's been Andy. great. This has been great. <laughs> and you know what? We have another fork coming. Great. Oh, I've so enjoyed this. Thank you for today. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad we have four more. <laughs> so much ground that we can cover. We'll see where we go. Indeed. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks.